0: Atheist Nomads episode 435, The World Congress of Families, Exporting Hate Around the World. The podcast you're about to listen to includes cursing and talking about hoo haws Please be advised. Welcome to another episode of Atheist Nomads. This is Dustin, and it's just me this week. And this is the first real episode of the new format with just one topic. So it's kind of fitting that we're wrapping up a series this week. Because, <laughs> you know, of course you start something new at the end of something else. And I can't say that I, I spent more time preparing for this episode than I probably have in quite a while. Um, and I enjoyed that, despite the fact that it was researching what is quite possibly one of the most heinous and dangerous... Organizations uh, destroying our world right now. So let's go ahead and get into it. So this is the final part of our series on religion in Africa, and of course, you can't talk about Africa's problems without first talking about white Christians in Europe and the U.S. In case it's not clear, it's not that Africa's problems aren't real; it's that white people need to stop causing these problems. <laughs> Like, seriously, as one white person speaking to a mostly white audience, we need to stop it. We seriously need to stop it. So in the history, Alan Carlson was a history professor at Hilldale College, which is a conservative Christian college. And in 1981, he started working with the Rockford College Institute, which was a conservative political think tank at a Christian college despite the fact that Christian colleges being not-for-profit organizations per the Johnson Amendment shouldn't be weighing in on politics, at least not as much as they did. And this think tank was created to try to figure out how to undo the societal ills as they saw them that were created by the social movements of the 1960s. Of note... The editor of their newsletter uh, was also the founder of the Neo-Confederate League of the South and helped form the paleo-conservative revival of the early 90s embodied by Pat Buchanan's presidential campaigns. In other words, the social ills they were trying to get rid of were the end of segregation, women's rights, access to contraceptives, abortion, gay rights, even though at that time there weren't many gay rights. Uh, Yeah, get rid of all of society's progress of the previous several decades. Uh, Carlson worked his way up to VP of the Institute and started running the Institute's Center on the Family in 1986. He was also appointed to the Reagan administration's National Commission on Children, Which, the timing 1998 National Commission on Children, um, sounds a little satanic panic to me. Uh, by this time, he was working on an idea that sexual and feminist liberation movements had caused what he called the demographic winter which is basically the idea that white people in the U.S. and Europe aren't having enough children, and that will lead to brown and black people taking over. It is actually as bad as it sounds. This was the basis of everything that would come. The fear of black and brown people taking over. And he viewed the only way of stopping that as by getting white people To have more babies. This caught the attention of Anatoly Antonov and Viktor Medkov, who were two sociologists at the Moscow State University in Russia. And they were concerned about the population decline that Russia was already seeing in the post Soviet era as early as 1995. Now, to be clear, Russia's population decline issue is actually a major problem. It stems from people immigrating out of the country, high suicide rates, really, really bad alcoholism, and really high drug abuse rates. Then you add in organized crime, corruption, and just general instability in the country. Rather than try to solve the actual problems that were causing people to leave or not have children, such as the ridiculous high rate that men are dying in the country, They instead chose to focus on rebuilding the family, the traditional Russian family. To make sure this is clear, the traditional Russian Christian family, since Muslims were still having plenty of babies. But they couldn't put up with the chance of Muslims taking over the country. In 1997, Carlson and his boss, John Howard, left the Rockford Institute to create the Howard Center which was the organization that would, that would sponsor and run the World Congress of Families. And this was with the backing and financial support of their Russian friends, and they have since changed their name to the International Organization for the Family. Their first World Congress of Families was held in Prague in March 1997, and they have continued to hold Congresses most years, Since in various cities around the world. All along, the Howard Center and the International Organization for the Family have used the World Congress of Families as their greatest tool to spread their propaganda and to advocate for legislative action all around the world. So, their philosophy. By 1999, the main focus was promoting the natural family. This was a term they coined and is specifically. A married man and woman with their own biological children. Families that have same-sex parents, single parents, step-parents, blended families, grandparents or other relatives taking care of the kids, or adoption, are all viewed as violating that natural family. Oh yeah, and of course, to be a real natural family, the husband needs to be the head of the family, with the wife being subservient, You also need to be Christian and you need to have a lot of kids, since they believe that only these two things can promote a stable, healthy society and, quote, provide a natural balance to individualism and a foundation for ordered liberty, end quote. What they mean by balancing individualism and liberty is that the family has liberty, not individuals. That means that children do not have rights only their parents do. Women do not have rights. Only their fathers and husbands do. And single men only have as many rights as they need to find a wife and start a family. Realistically, what they want is to go back to how it was in the 1800s, when only land-owning men could vote and have full rights. The Howard Center viewed the UN as a liberal organization that was destroying the world. So in 2003, they obtained consultative status With the United Nations Economic and Social Council, which is one of the main six organizations in the UN. And this is so they can push their pro family agenda there. And that agenda is large families with lots of kids. So no abortion, no contraceptives, and no gay people, since gay people can't form what they would consider a natural family. Since they can't push for what they really want, they're instead targeting those three things. And they've been incredibly successful. Each annual World Congress of Families deals with the specific political climate in the country and region the conference is in, and they push specific legislation crafted for that country. It often passes within just a few years, and then it spreads throughout the region. They succeeded in Russia by pushing the narrative on their real population issues to instead focus on demonizing gay people, resulting in the country's 2013 law banning propaganda about non-traditional sexual relations, in other words, promoting gay rights, having gay pride events, living as an openly gay person, or ever discussing LGBT issues in school, or in a sex ed class. And they also passed a ban on LGBT people. Adopting kids. If it seems unlikely that they could have really had that much effect, the managing director of the World Conference for Families, Larry Jacobs, spoke at conferences of Russia's Sanctity of Motherhood Group in 2010 and 2013. And by 2014, he'd had at least three meetings with the sponsor of those bills, member of the State Duma and head of its Committee on Family Policy, Elena Mizulina. Brian Brown, who at the time was president of the National Organization for Marriage and who is now the president of the International Organization for Families and World Congress of Families, along with Fabrice Sorlin, who was the World Congress for Families representative in France and had formerly been head of a French nationalist militia group, uh, met with the Duma Committee on Family Policy to push the adoption ban bill. They were also successful in Hungary. (laughs) In fact, the 11th World Conference for Families was opened by Hungary's Prime Minister, Viktor Orban, who talked about illegal immigrants, the demographic winter, too few marriages, and not enough children, and the need for faith. Like, he really hit all of their favorite issues, including the old racist ones. And now he's passing laws that we've covered on the show, where they've banned same-sex couples from adopting children, and banned LGBT content in schools, and on children's television. Hungary is limited in what they can do, thanks to their membership in the European Union, but they're doing what they can. But they're doing what they think they can get away with. So now we get to Africa. Their 2009 Congress was in Nigeria, which helped get the ball rolling for passing anti-LGBT and anti-abortion laws in 2012. It also helped spawn a regional partner, the African Organization for the Family, and helped start annual regional conferences in Africa. Considering the main World Congress for Families narrative is based on a fear of brown and black people taking over, they obviously had to adjust their messaging for export to the black and brown people of the world. And the angle they went with was the claim that gay rights were an imperialist export from Obama's America. And that this, as well as reproductive rights, are part of an imperialistic plot to depopulate Africa. And I can't believe that they missed the irony, considering these talking points were coming from very racist Americans. Some local forms of this in Africa have even claimed that Boko Haram is working with gay rights activists to target Christians. And as we've seen with Christianity in general, and have especially seen with the prosperity gospel, once Africans take over these movements within their own countries and their own continent, they spread like wildfire. The African Organization for the Family is a World Congress for Family partner, and it helps organize the regional conferences and keeps a local feel to it. One such regional conference was in 2019 in Ghana. And we talked a few weeks ago about the anti-LGBT laws that they're considering there and the effects that it's already having in encouraging anti-LGBT violence. And when you consider that this is a political philosophy that was started and developed over several decades in the US, and then tested and fine-tuned in Russia and Eastern Europe, and it's now had eleven years to infect Africa, a particular political philosophy that just begs power hungry prosperity gospel pastors to jump on it and help build political outrage with a very unhealthy dose of religious fervor, it's the kind of thing that will either win over the majority of political parties to help them stay in power, or to win over the opposition parties who will pick it up and use it to try to gain power. Just like we've seen in the U.S., there will always be a particular religious political base that will get really excited by will get really excited about claims that demonize gay people. These are angles they absolutely tested in the US and developed in the US. I don't know how much of it in the US actually came from them, but it has definitely spread. And in the bigger picture, What's happening in Africa, Russia, and Hungary isn't any different than anywhere else. It's just happening much faster, since it's spreading through countries that don't have much history with democracy. But we can also see the same movement driving much of the Republican Party in the U.S., especially in state governments and Trump's judicial appointees. Here, the focus is on trying to get abortion banned For now, just trying to make it so that pharmacists can refuse to fill prescriptions for contraceptives. But they will be coming for contraceptives. And trying to make it so that Christians, Christian business owners, and just Christians working jobs can refuse service to gay people. That's the main current focus. But once they get those, they'll push for more. And they'll push for more. And we know what their goal is, It's to go back to the old days with white landowning men having all the power. Oh, and where does the money for all of this come from? It's Russian oligarchs. This is just one of many stories of what happens when obscure American racists get the patronage of Russian oligarchs. And like so many others, it leads to people dying in Africa. And this is why we can't have nice things. In feedback. And I knew I would get feedback uh, with making some fundamental changes to the show. From Balazaz uh, via Patreon, quote, I fully understand the reasons for the changes in the show. The same news around scathing atheists, friendly atheists, and thank God I'm an atheist. They all have their own perspectives, and you did have yours, which I like. But I understand that you're doing a more freeform podcast, and I'll gladly listen in the future, too. Thank you, Belazas. Um, yes, w- we're going to continue covering some of those news stories. It's just going to be less frequently and more in-depth. I'll definitely be playing around with the format, but this is the, this is the start in the direction. But thank you for, for your support there. Um, from Danielle via Patreon bring back sci-fi nomads if we were to bring it back we'd need to make some changes to the format Uh, but for now it's not on the table and we got a voice message from the ranting atheist via SpeakPipe. this is the
1: ranting atheist i'm a nigerian atheist and i'd like to say great work you're doing nice feature for us to drop our voice notes well nigeria is a place uh soaked and dripping with religious dogma and beliefs everyone believes their god is their best friend those that don't believe they have uh, juju charms voodoo on their side and can show their power which threatens those who believe in jesus allah and all that crap but the few atheists are waking up people are waking up bit by bit and it's good to see just that i most likely won't be alive to see it impacts uh, the country politically, but I, I do my best to contribute to my own quota till that time comes, so thank you for letting me share. This is The Ranting
0: Atheist. Thank you, The Ranting Atheist from Nigeria. Yeah, as, as we've seen, as we've looked at what religion's like in Africa, it's, it's very, very religious, and I'm sure it's easy for a lot of us in the West to Um, see the numbers and assume huge amounts are probably are probably not hardcore believers but as you describe there is so much religious dogma and so many people who are friends of jesus or allah that's got to be rough hang in there and keep up the fight and aaron from interesting if true wrote on twitter Backing out on Atheist Rage Casting, moving to a shorter single-topic news list format? That's crazy. Who even does that? And then again, wrote in, Seriously, though, good plan. I'm sure it'll be a good change. Cutting headline rage fodder and runtime made life a ton easier for us. Instead of cutting six four-plus track segments for an hour-plus show, it's now two three-track segments for 30-hour patron. So much easier. I know you get it, Aaron, and... uh Thanks for the, the encouragement. Uh, you guys just got there many years earlier. <laughs> if you want to contact us, you can use the contact form at atheistsnomads.com contact, or you can email us at feedback at or use the speak pipe button on the website. And if you want to support the show, you, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash atheistnomads or you can Make a one-time donation via PayPal at paypal.me slash atheistnomads. Until next week, remember, not all those who wander are lost. Thank you for listening to another episode of Atheist Nomads. You can find show notes and contact information at atheistnomads.com. Follow us on Twitter at atheistnomads and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Atheist Please subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, or your podcaster of choice. And while you're there, feel free to leave us a review. The music is courtesy of Sturdy Fred. Until next time, this has been The Atheist Nomads.